1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a returning guest. She's a lovely lady. I've had her on before, and she's become an, a bit of a good friend in the process. Her name is Laurie Karpanos. So welcome,
2: Laurie. Oh, thank you, Lynn. It's so nice to be with you again. It is lovely to have you too.
1: Now, Laurie is a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach. So she's, she's got huge, huge wealth of experience and knowledge and wisdom about all things marriage, relationships, the whole works, haven't you, Laurie? Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Lots, of,
1: um, lots of couples through the years, yeah. And we spoke a bit off there about what would be a good subject for today, and we had a bit of a challenge around, you know, figuring out, because we couldn't actually get any audio between us (laughs) off air prior to coming on air, which sort of fits into the theme of what we were going to discuss in today's episode. Yeah. Wasn't
2: that something that we, (laughs) yeah, I just thought that was so perfect that we would have um, technological difficulties and not be able to rely on one another because we couldn't hear each other. So we had to, um, rely on mind, you know, infinite intelligence to come through us. And I'm just really um, so grateful that I had a wonderful teacher in life, um, Mr. Sidney Banks. And um, he taught all of us that we have so much to rely upon uh, beyond our personal brain, you know, (laughs) so. Uh, it was funny that we both said that uh, we're not that proficient with technology. But if we get that thinking out of the way—that um, technology is too difficult for us—if we don't, fo- you know, if we don't buy into that, and we just settle in and get calm, um, it occurs to us what to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It seemed to happen by magic that we, we we just played around a little bit, both of us, both ends. And suddenly we was able to communicate. And and this is going to be the topic listeners of today, you know, around, you know, when to rely upon ourselves or when, you know, it's, it's a case of relying on others or, or when it's just a case of just being and sitting and relying on, our internal or external source power, whatever you would like to call it.
2: <laughs> right, right. And then how does that show up with people in relationships when they're operating um, from their personal thinking? How, so, you know, to have a conversation, you and I, about how to navigate through the murky waters. I know um, that recently I had uh, quite an experience with a loss of power, as did one million people in my state of Connecticut after uh, the huge winds and storms. Part of the um, weather, you know, the weather pa- weather patterns that move through for all of us. And the loss of power, I only lost for three and a half days. Um, In the past, I had lost power longer. But what I realized is, you know, there were were times that I would wish for a a partner, somebody who um, was close by, someone I was living with, who could be an extra set of hands, an extra set of eyes. And then I realized, you know, and another brain too, and I realized that, you know, with all of my clients who are having difficulty, (laughs) having that extra set of hands, eyes, and another brain, and they're reacting to each other, rather than being grateful to have another human close by, someone to help you out with, you know, the things that occur in life, even the day-to-day stuff. You know, so it always harkens back to what your podcast is all about, Lynn, If we can drop into a feeling of love, yeah. And that, you know, the, the, I guess it's a saying, just love, that's beyond judgment. (laughs) When we get out of judgment and criticism and witching, our partner was a certain way or responded to us in a certain way, that thinking, Gets into, gets in the way of an experience of just love. Just Doesn't love. It Just yeah. And this might be a bit deep and
1: uh, you know uh, heavy, maybe for some listeners listening to this. But really take on board Laurie's words there. You know we do get quite often too much into our heads and get in our own way rather than just sometimes. You know what? Just being still, being grateful being fully present and just connecting to our hearts. And like you said, Laurie, quite rightly, coming from that
2: place of love. Yeah. And that's being fully present. You know, I love love (laughs) the fact that our default setting, when we're not in our personal story, when we're not in... The brainwave activity of judgment and criticism and comparisons and wishing things were a different way when we're not doing all of that personal thinking and the brain quiets down and we feel automatically when the brain quiets down, every human will feel calmer. And, you know, most of us, myself included, I definitely did not have a clue that it was, first of all, possible for me to slow down and calm down my brain and not rely on my brain so much that there's this bigger picture to rely upon. You know, like you said earlier, people call it different things. You could call it universal wisdom, infinite intelligence, um, the mystery behind all of life. That big source power. (laughs) What's that?
1: That big source power. Yeah.
2: The big power source, yeah. The power source that's behind everything. Right. We can rely on that. It's like relying on nature that we can't not... um, Change, well, certain things. You know, we can't change the fact that uh, the flowers will come out of the ground every spring. <laughs> mm. We can't switch seasons and say, "Well, I'm a person and I prefer spring during Christmas, so I'm just going to switch that around." Well. No, you have to know and, and people do know that there's certain things in nature that we get accustomed to. We, we're we resilient. We bounce back. We're, it's automatically built into us to accept certain things about life. And then we get with a partner and we forget that they're part of nature. Okay. And we expect that they should that their brain should operate a certain way and that they should um, treat us a certain way, the way our brain tells us we should be treated. But you know, what just occurred to me is this uh, quote by Sid Banks, which is, look at what is rather than what isn't. Because when we're looking in the direction of what isn't, what we wish was a different way, including the behaviors and thoughts of our partners, then we're in the way. We're our open mind gets muddled with a lot of extraneous thinking, a lot of unhelpful thinking, a lot of thinking that contaminates our essence, our well-being. It's so easy to slip into and default
1: into that though, isn't it? And allow the mind chatter to take charge when we're actually... A lot of
2: people don't know that we can actually take charge of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, that's so true. I mean, right. People just accept whatever crosses their mind as absolute truth. They don't realize that. Just like we question somebody else's truth. we can question our own yes and reality really where we can question our own reality if we're in a place in our head that's not serving us or serving our partner we can a we're equipped to know that by the feelings we get we will get alerted by a negative uncomfortable feeling And that feeling lets us know, it's like an inner compass. It lets us know that we're pointing ourselves in the wrong direction, in a direction that is just contaminating natural well-being. So, oh, that's a reminder. When I feel all caught up and negative and judgmental and icky, Mm. (laughs) uh, that's a gift that's a gift because it's letting me know that it's time for me to settle down calm myself down relax my thinking and get into a quiet mind and boom well-being is so resilient it'll just pop right back to the surface i totally agree you know i think for for what from what
1: i've learned You know, my my red flags, and I say this, you know, as being true for everyone, I would uh, hope they would consider that if you are having negative feelings come up, you know, in relation to your partner or the people that you have relationships with, then just know it's not about them. These red flags and these feelings are unresolved stuff within you. You know, that might be childhood trauma or triggers that you might even be totally unconsciously aware of that are being brought to the surface and that need healing. So, you know, like you say, it's a gift to to look at what is
2: still unresolved, isn't it? Absolutely. It's not about them. (laughs) Even though our thoughts are saying, well, if only he could change this or do it this way or speak better to me, it's not about them. It's the fact that we are having those thoughts, mm. those judgmental, critical thoughts. Now, the person we're in relationship with has moods too, mm. just like we do. Every human, yes. it gets moody, some more than others. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. What matters is what we think about that. Yeah. Now, if we get the thought, just like our own feelings clue us into when we're off base, if we realize the feelings emanating and the negativity coming from our partner is a clue to their experience in the moment. It only tells you about where they're at. It's not about us. No, it's, it's to do with that stuff, you know, uh, and unresolved and unhealed wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really something, isn't it? I mean, what a, it's like turning the telescope around when we realize that our experience can only come from our own thinking. We're conscious of our own thinking and whoever we're in relationship with, their experience can only come from their thinking. Even if it's thinking about us, their experience is not us. It's their thinking about us in that moment. Yeah. hundred In that moment of time. Mm. Because thought is always shifting. It always changes. So, you know, one minute you could think, oh my gosh, how did I get in this relationship? This person is crazy. And then, you know, time goes by and they realize they were in a bad place and they apologize and you know, you get back on track and then you realize, Oh, I'm so lucky to be in this relationship. Now, which one of those is true? Both of them are true for the thinker when they're thinking it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The secret is knowing that negativity is, um, Never beneficial. And and your partner's going to be there, just like you're going to be there at times. When we get into our human personal selves, <laughs> and our personal thinking, that's where we are in our ego, in our insecurity. And that's never useful, except no. if we're trying to escape wild animals. And, you know, in... Um, in some far off land, then it's useful to to try to save yourself. But there's nothing to save yourself from that goes through your thinking. You know, the the very first quote that Christine Heath and I used in the book we authored, uh, The Secret of Love, Unlock the Mystery, Unleash the Magic. The very first quote is, the only thing wrong with your relationship is your negative thinking and i gotta tell you it sounds so simplistic and so trite but if anybody listening could just have a look at that just have a look at that and as you go through your time in your relationship if you notice When you get that, you are built, you're constructed in a manner to let go of that thinking, to sidestep it, to not uh, have to go into it, to go around it, go above it, go, you know, any way other than leaping full force into it and see if that doesn't bring you a different experience and see if it doesn't also calm down your partner. Isn't that interesting, right, Lynn? Like, you know this too, that when a person gets upset by what their partner is saying or doing, it feeds the fire. It just feeds, it's like putting fuel on the fire. But if they're in a space of love and understanding and um, compassion, for what their partner's going through in order to say those things and behave that way, that calms the upset person down, knowing that they're not being judged for this upset. It's yeah. like, it, you know, it feels like magic. It feels like magic, but I really, <laughs> I really encourage anybody listening to this to, Give it a try yourself. Don't believe me. Don't believe my experience that I'm talking about or or Lynn's. Check it out for yourself. Use your own life as a laboratory and see what happens. Yeah,
1: I agree. I I suppose the caveat on that is that um, don't let forgiveness be an excuse for anybody treating you really badly consistently. You know, the thing is that you still need to have your boundaries in place if, and if you are in a relationship where you know, somebody is consistently not being great in the, the way they treat you and not respecting you then know that at some point at some point you've relaxed your boundaries or not had boundaries in place in the first place that have allowed that situation to be what it currently is so you know you can still be in a place of compassion if somebody's a bit irritable But, you know, when it comes to abuse, know that there needs to be a boundary or boundaries in place to make sure that, you know, you're still in your heart, you can still show compassion for that person, but just know that, you know, you, you have the boundaries in place to be able to be in a position where there's a consequence for that behavior from them. And you're yeah, not you're absolutely. not
2: condoning unacceptable behavior. In other words, absolutely. And the what I have found is that wisdom provides boundaries. Uh, it's it's the most natural thing. Like for instance, you know, if you're in um, you're crossing the street and you realize that. Uh, you better go back to the other side because there's a car zooming. You know, that's yeah. wisdom. That's yeah. wisdom that just it takes you out of the way. So if somebody is um, being berated on, you know, I was in a relationship like that where there was um, so much blame and negativity and anger, a lot of anger. And... I realized, I learned that I could say, you know, I want to hear what you have to say, but I want to hear it when we're both in the right state of mind. So I'm going to go for a walk. (laughs) I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go visit a friend, whatever, you know. And when I come back tonight, if we're in the right state of mind, let's talk about it. And then I head for the door. Now, that's different than a lot of my clients um, feel that it's perfectly okay to just say, I'm not taking this, and they leave. <laughs> you know? And that's also adding fuel to the fire. But if you can stay in a, uh, on solid ground, if you can stay on solid ground without jumping into that negative hole, with the other person you'll be able to reassure them they need reassurance that you will listen but they have to be in the right state of mind in order for you to be able to hear them to be able to have a compassionate conversation about it
1: yeah most certainly because you know obviously you're not going to take on board or be fully present or be open to what they want to say if if they're coming across very aggressive or angry in what they're saying are you so it's it's to their in their interest if they really want to convey that message or whether they realize later actually you know what it was what i was going to say was really mean and it it wasn't representative of what i really feel
2: about you yeah absolutely yeah so by cutting it short you're doing your partner a favor because if you just stick around for all of the negativity it's like you're um how do i want to say it it's like you're um fueling their their fire you want to set an example not by just walking out the door, I want to repeat that again, because so many people think that they just you know, throw up their hands, I'm not taking it anymore, and they're out, which does nothing to help the other person to settle down and doesn't help the person who says, I'm not taking anymore. Because what that person doesn't realize is you're only taking it if you're buying into it. If you're not if if you are seeing it as an indication that your partner is out of sorts, it's not saying anything about you. It's honestly not saying anything about them either. It's just letting you know that they are really out of sorts in a really bad place. And it's best to, the best way to help them calm down is to give them space and give them reassurance. That you're going to come back around tonight, or in an hour, or whatever, and you want to have a calm conversation, and don't have that conversation out of anger ever. It never ever leads to a good place. People no. think that they they can fair fight or they can uh, get to a resolution in, in an argument. No, it's listening where your mind is really clear. You got no agenda on your mind of having the conversation go in a particular direction. You're just really listening quietly. And then you're in a position to say, oh, that's so interesting, you know, because you'll find out that you were not seeing it the way your partner was seeing things. And it gives you the opportunity to point out where the misunderstanding was.
1: Yeah, it does. And it's very interesting to use the words, you know, that you can either be reactive, you know, and pour what I call paraffin on the fire of uh, their anger, or you can choose to pour water, you know, and use these alternative methods that you've just outlined to calm it and then get back, you know, to a space where you can speak and actively listen, more importantly, to, to what really they're trying to say
2: absolutely yeah absolutely i mean did you ever try to listen to somebody who's angry with you that's not easy <laughs> no
1: <laughs> and nobody really wants to be on the end of that you know it's not it's not who would want to be trying to listen to somebody that's just really in an angry state that they're, they're not and i'm sure you know anybody's partner that's um in an angry state if you've been in that situation and know i have um you know that you're not you're not going to be open to listening to them but what they really will probably want is is to be listened to so if you can create that you know and at a time when they've calmed down and had a chance to realize you've just chucked water on the, on their fire and um, actually
2: that they've done them a great service in that oh yeah right and then when they calm down if they were allowed to go too far uh, they feel really embarrassed and humiliated and awkward that they got so riled up you know so it depends your wisdom will let you know when your partner is out of sorts how to handle it um there's a cute story that comes to mind there was uh, uh, another couple who were also studying with sid and they made this tape called can love survive commitment (laughs) and the husband said he could always tell when his wife was out of sorts like for instance she'd be making dinner and slamming cupboards and (laughs) he could just tell mumbling under her breath so he would help her out and he would do something like he wouldn't say, Oh, you're in a bad mood, aren't you? Can can I help you? He would just help her. He would just say, you know, I um this was on the tape. He said, There was a there's this recipe I'd like to try out. Do you mind if I do the cooking tonight? Because I guess they would you know, switch off, one cooks, one cleans up, alternating days. And the wife said, oh, that would be great. She goes to the living room, puts her feet up and reads a magazine. You know, we we can tell how to help each other out when we're not taking offense to a partner who's out of sorts.
1: Oh, that's a lovely story. I love that. And what a wise man. <gasps> Yeah, that's funny. I love survive commitment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laurie, we're coming to the end of the uh, episode. So um, what I'd really love is for you to share what your best contact information is now for any listeners that would like to get in touch with you.
2: Oh, sure. Uh, well, my website is the number three, not three spelled out, the number three, principlestherapy.com And... I'm starting I don't even know if you know about this Lynn I'm starting a six-week online course that I'm calling mystery school so check out in the events section of uh, three principles therapy and you'll see we're starting September 19th in less than a month I'm so excited about this because it's all going to be you know on the the teachings of Sydney banks and uh, which has helped me so much in life and so many yeah. other people, and I just want to share it with as many who want it. <laughs> Excellent,
1: thank you so so much, Laurie. It's been a pleasure to have you on, as always, and uh, an absolute delight that you've been able to come on again as our guest. Thank you so much. I always love doing this with you, Lynn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, listeners. So before I wrap up, it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And
0: until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L Y N at hearts-entwined.com remember true love starts with opening our hearts